be starting this month on this month and next month. These two months are uh, going to be a month of discipleship, creating a culture of discipleship. So that's our that's our theme over the over the next two months. And today it's about following G, following Jesus. And uh, you know, there's the Great Commission was this: that going to all the world, preach the good news, and says baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But it says to disciple, right? Disciple every <coughs> ethnic group, every ethnic, every tribe, tongue, and nation. So the discipleship component is, is a hugely important aspect. Uh, let, let me read you this, this, this story. Uh, I thought of sharing you know, a couple more of those jokes from WhatsApp, but... <laughs> But I didn't get any from my brother-in-law, he's on a cruise. <laughs> so, so I encountered a young man who'd just been called to go to Iraq because our nation had declared war on Saddam Hussein. So the problem for this young man was he didn't want to go. He explained that he hadn't joined the army to go to war. He joined because of the benefits. The pay, the college tuition, the insurance, etc. Now, something's wrong with that kind of thinking. Now, one of the primary functions of the military is to prepare for war. Amen? You've got to know that if you sign up, I'm sure it's somewhere in the job description that you have to be trained for war. Armies do not exist to pass out benefits. Those are perks. Armies exist to deal with conflicts, to defend their people, to fight the enemy, and hopefully to contend against evil. But there are people who actually join up hoping for a free ride. And that kind of mentality undermines military of any nation. The same kind of mentality can also undermine the church. Now, I wanted to join the army in a, actually not, it's one of those hopeful days. You know, you hope to, why? The, the main reason was so that I could, I could maintain my six pack <laughs> and, and be extremely disciplined. Now, now it's hidden. Now my six pack is hidden and it's hard to find it. That's the, that's the problem. It's difficult and some of us are in that boat. You know, we feel if we joined the army, we'd be maintaining that, 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 six, that six pack, you know, all, all the way. But, you know, that's the same kind of mentality that we have within, within the army of the Lord. When we become believers, when we embrace this relationship, we embrace it for benefits, for benefits, for perks. It's it's like you know Jesus, you know we're friends with benefits kind of a thing. You know in that sense, and, and it's all about getting these benefits. If I get that, then man, I'm really in. If I don't, then you know when the going gets tough, then the tough, you know, get going or something along those lines. But it's it's these it's these benefits that we are. We're often looking for, Lord, what can you do for me today? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in great need. As was put to us, some of us are stuck. So, Lord, we are stuck. I need the benefit of being, being, being propelled out of this place. What is it? You know, and so we find our discipleship takes on this whole, uh, this, this, this whole direction where uh, most most of the time we need to get pumped, we need to get reminded, we need to be told this, we need to be uh, encouraged in this and that. Not that we are not to encourage one another, the word of the Lord is very clear that, that we are to do that. So if I, if, I, if I can ask you to bow your heads this morning, and I just, I just want us 
Uh, see, I'm not you. I, 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 I'll not use the word you because I put myself in this. I want us to bow, bow our heads down for this purpose, so that we can clear all distractions, so that we can just ask ourselves: Am I a true disciple? And if I am. What's the fruits of me being a disciple? Why do I say I'm a true disciple? Now, I'm not going to ask you to turn to someone and share that. No, this is just between you and God. Am I a disciple? Lord, unveil to us this morning, Jesus. I'm going to show you a quick video clip. You see Nacho Libre? You have, okay, there's a, there's a clip there about, about this, this, this wrestling match between Satan's army. And so, uh, Jack Black, Jack Black, right? Jack Black, yeah. So he's this, he's this priest, I believe. And uh, so he's going against his wrestling match, but his opponent is an atheist. So he needs to try and bring him into the fold. So that together, one puts a thousand to flight, two can chase ten thousand. So here's a clip about how he goes out and disciples salvation, how he brings salvation to this guy. I'm a little concerned, man, about your salvation and stuff. I need the volume really. How come you're not in Because I never got around to it, okay? <laughs> Some of you I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight, we don't know why I'm going to say this game. And I just know you're really a good idea. Okay, so that's, that's, that's his approach to salvation. Now we may, we may laugh, but we have particular approaches to discipleship. Our own peculiar ways of discipling people. Right? And at the end of the day, <laughs> thankfully here, no one takes his little tub of water, goes around and says, bam. Baptized, bam, baptized like that. I mean, imagine if that was the case, but we laugh at ourselves. The world looks at us and they laugh at us at the way we disciple and the way we and the way we present our Christianity. They look at us and they think, man, this is this is this is I, I don't want to be part of that. And and in our, <laughs> and in our major desire to begin to want to uh, follow this great commission. We come up with so many different approaches and different styles. And so I, I, I want us to look at just one aspect. This is going to be a series that I'm going to be doing. So uh, I won't share everything today, but we'll unpack it over the next over the next two months. Myself and several, several others that are going to be ministering. But our, our, our topic right through uh, March and April is going to be this whole aspect of, of, of discipleship, right? Now, there were, there were many disciples during the times of Christ, so the best way is to examine, examine, examine discipleship from a context of, of, of Jesus and how he began 
to actually draw, draw, draw individuals and then draw them into a place of real, real discipleship. Right, so there are, there are two, if we can get to the uh, slides, that will be wonderful. There are two uh, particular uh, uh, Greek words that are used. One is didaskalos. I'm, I'm not Greek, so I, I just hope I'm pronouncing it correct. Uh, didaskalos. Uh, we've got that if I can have it at the back there, that would be wonderful too. Which means teacher. And the other is mathetes. Mathetes which means pupil or disciple. So say it with me, didaskalos. Didaskalos. <coughs> which means teacher and mathetes, which is pupil or disciple. Yes. Now, it is impossible for a didaskalos or a teacher to teach unless he has mathetes, right? Unless he has a pupil. So a teacher cannot teach unless he has a pupil and a, and, and, and a pupil can't be a pupil un, unless there is a teacher. So there is a relationship between mathetes, 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 yeah, mathetes, mathetes. Mathetes, mathetes, pupil. I want to use the word. I want to use the Greek word actually, because for one, for one reason, because it it will cause us to focus. Sometimes we're so accustomed to the famil familiar language that we lose the importance of mathetes. Uh, it, it, it is it's it's a relationship between mathetes and didaskalos. Now between a pupil and a teacher, where the where where the essence of discipleship is realized and and really really experienced. So the key thing that I want us to realize is, is the essence of discipleship. When Jesus said to go and to disciple, is relationship. That is the essence. Bringing people into a place of relationship not into a place where they follow and copy us exactly as what we do but bring it to a place of relationship so that's that's the that's the key now just a little bit of background uh, of discipleship during the time during the time of, uh, of Jesus there are going to be two key passages of scripture that I'm going to be looking at one is Luke chapter 9 verses 18 to 23 and the other is John as well and they both speak about the aspect of feeding the 5,000 and all of that but there are some really interesting aspects and at the end of the day you will see there are three C's that I want you to remember three C's and I'll bring our church logo into context as well and help you kind of and, and help us kind of frame frame that frame that today so in so the Greek to whom we often refer if we want to understand the days of our Lord Right, they were they they had so many different schools of thought. They were into philosophy. They were into philosophy. Teachers, the didaskalos gathered together their little group of disciples. Now, and and this is it's usually based on a on a certain idea. So if there was a particular idea about how they saw the earth, whether it was flat, whether it was round, whether it was curved, they will come together. The didaskalos, the teacher, would then have his pupils and that teacher would begin to disciple them and help them totally and fully, under, fully understand that. So the essence of that relating and what was going on was the relationship that existed between a teacher and uh, of a certain philosophy and those who went along with this philosophy. So that happened. So now take it back to the, to the Jews now, the, is, the, the Israelites. 
they, the, the, the Israelites as well, they had a certain approach to discipleship. So there are those who prided themselves on being disciples of Moses. They believed that Moses had received from God the law, that, that this law was a, was a matter of principle. So the law that was handed was this, was this principle. So they also believed that the principles, that these principles needed amplification. And you know what I mean? The, 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 the Jews believed that the law that was given needed, needed amplification. So that people could understand exactly what it was that God wanted them to do. So they had, each one of them or different disciples had their rabbis. You know, it's interesting. That's why when Paul says in Corinthians, I believe it is where he says, oh, uh, uh, some are for Apollo, some are for Paul, some of, you know, because people understood that. They understood to follow particular individuals. That was the culture. But the kingdom of God was being presented by Jesus, which broke every ethnic group, every ethnic composition. It was the kingdom of God. And you know what I love about this amazing church? Is that you look all around and you find heaven being represented here. Every tribe, tongue, and nation. Amen. Every tribe. We still got a lot more tribes to bring in. Hallelujah. Now, so the the rabbi was was obviously equivalent to this didaskalos, the 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 teacher, and and the schools of the rabbis would gather around and would endeavor to interpret the law so that they would understand the principles that God had ordained. So disciples, discipleship to the Greek meant a discipleship of philosophy, right? Now, disciples of Moses, what did that mean? It was more talking about a discipleship or a relationship. So I want to, I want to draw this, this, this connection between discipleship and relationships, discipleship of philosophy or relationship to philosophy. So this is relationship of principle, a discipleship of principle. So they were trying to figure out God's principles. Now out of this group came what? The Pharisees, right? They, they came out and in order to begin to, remember, amplify, protect all of that, they added to the law, 365 prohibitions. Say it with me, 365. 365. Come on, 365 prohibitions, say that. And 250 extra commandments. 250 extra. I mean, imagine that. Imagine the weight that is on people. 365 prohibitions and 250 extra commandments to the commandments that were already given. Right? So that is, that is a weight and a burden. Maybe now you can understand when the word of the Lord says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke. Not these guys' yoke. But take my yoke. Because my yoke is easy and light. So, the, I mean, many of us, we do likewise. Our churches sometimes are filled with these prohibitions. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that we shouldn't have. You know, we believe in this, this aspect here in this house. We believe in what we call personal convictions, community standards, and biblical mandates. So biblical mandates are things that we don't disagree. We cannot disagree. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's a biblical mandate. Community standards is this. What's our community here? Our community, stand, our, our community here has particular standards. We don't believe in racism. 
we don't encourage racism. So that's a community standard. Other community standards we, we will have as musicians, what is expected of musicians, what is expected of different, in, uh, different ministries here. Those are community standards. And then there are personal convictions. Believe me, I've got personal convictions which I don't bring out to the leadership. Because if I have to run a church based on my personal convictions, it would be very different from this church. I, I, I'm serious. So in leadership, we've got to be mature enough to know that our personal convictions cannot be always brought to the forefront. I think it can be put forth to negotiate, but not put forth to mandate, because there's biblical mandates, community standards, and, 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 pers and personal convictions. So the list goes on. On John the Baptist looked around him, and he just didn't like what he saw. So he had his disciples. He went out and, and, and ate locusts and honey and, had, and, and began to speak in, in this, he was this wild man, so to say, right? So he was outside of the establishment. His disciples were trying to turn something around. So the key that was, that, 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 that was, that the key here is this, that it's a relationship between the didaskalos and the mathetes, the teacher and the, and the pupil. So discipleship is, is, is about being in relationship. Now into the situation now comes Jesus. So Jesus comes and he does something quite different. Because they are used to all of this. Remember 300 and 365, 250, all of that. So they're living under this major um, weight. And there is an expectation of a Messiah that's going to come. And, and so he, he begins, he comes and he invites the people to come, to become his disciples. Not a relationship of philosophy, principle, procedure, or to protest. But it's a very simple invitation to people. And it's this, it's a relationship of intimacy and trust. That's what we're being invited to. It's a, it's, a, it's a relationship that leads us into revelation. And you will see that in this passage that we're about to explore in Luke chapter 9. There was a point of revelation. Because revelation takes us into encounter. Revelation is not just there for us to say, wow, this is what you know, I realized about God. No, it takes us from the realization into an encounter. That's when we know that this revelation is, 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 is from, from the kingdom of God himself because it brings a major transformation within, within our lives. He's calling us to come out of the boat and to walk on the water consistently. Discipleship is walking on the water all of the time, 24-7. You don't get onto the shore. You just keep walking on the water. But you will learn, or we will learn how to walk on the water so well that that just becomes second nature to us, to get out of the boat, to get out of the boat. Right? So come and hang around me because he says this, right? He invites the fishermen, the tax collectors, and he says, come on, follow me. 
That's what Mark's gospel says. In fact, Mark's gospel actually says this. He selected his disciples that they might be with him. So he went, he selected that they might be with him. And he says, come on, hang out with me. Because when you do so, you will take on all of who I am and all of who I actually am. And and you'll begin to see the things that you have never potentially seen in the past. Hang around me and your problems will be attended to. And you will definitely find a solution. Just hang around me and see. He says, just hang around me and begin to see. So the key difference to the discipleship that Jesus invites us to is the person we are in relationship with. It is not man here. It is God Almighty. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. It's the absolute essence of Christian discipleship. Who are we relating to? Who are you relating to? Are we truly clear about it? Are you actually really relating relating to Christ? Relating to this God? Or a particular idea, a notion about, about this God? Excuse me, because someone told you that. Someone said that, he passed it on to you, and so, so that's the person you are. That's the person you are, oh. Sounds cool, like I'm in a tunnel. That's the person. Must think, must think I'm crazy, huh? I'm just trying to wake you all up. That's why. Hallelujah. Now, so it is not uncommon now to come across people in our world today who will quite happily adhere to what we call, for want of a better word or a better term, Christian philosophy. They believe that there is an awful lot of truth in Christianity, but they feel that having looked at all the other philosophies, it's certainly as good as any other or better than most. So they go on with it. They go on with that aspect. Or some feel that Christianity is a protest movement. Things need to change around here. Or Christianity is a procedure, so let's follow some strict guidelines. And that is why we must do this. Oh, we must eat, eat this. Oh, we can't eat that. But what is often the missing ingredient here is a relationship with the Lord, Jesus. Now, part of that problem in our understanding of discipleship is that we have not adequately understood the uniqueness of, of Christ. Now, Christian discipleship must bring us to a place of knowing and becoming. I know, I become. So the key is, what what do I know? You ask yourself today, how much of God do you know? You you, you know, I've I've illustrated this before, right? Um, In in our, I'll I'll just maybe, maybe, not to worry. You give me this. Thank you, sir. You, you know, in our, in, in, in our worship, sing an old, and, you know, one of these old songs. Um, I know that. Yes, that's the song. This is my desire. Lord, with Lord, with all of my heart, 
worship you. Then the, the chorus goes, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. And then we go into what we call a free flow, isn't it? We provide you that space, and you've heard me share that. And, and this is where we begin to realize, now, how, how, how can I, how do I describe this God? Who is this Jesus? Lord, come and have your way with me. Because the song says that, Lord, I give you my heart. This is my desire. Now that comes from experience. That comes from knowledge. That comes from a depth. That comes from a reservoir of what you have about him. So have your way in me. Oh, come and have your, your way. What else are we going to say? Where's CJ? CJ, can you come up, please? I know I can put you on the spot. <laughs> so, now, from the reservoir of her heart, what is she going to sing? Now what happens? Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's give her a hand. That comes from your experience, uh, the, the Mathetus and the teacher, God being our teacher, who leads us in all truth. The Holy Spirit leads us in all truth. And so we come into this place of this relationship where he begins to teach us. 
And so when we come into a setting like this, and when we begin to worship God, we are not constrained by words of songs that were written by others only. They become a segue. They become a diving board that we can dive off. They're not bad. They're good. They help us to get into a place where we then begin to express and we begin to go beyond the... Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've shared this many times as well. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then when we don't have any more words, we go to our default. Oh, and that happens in our worship. So our worship time is hallelujahs. I raise a hallelujah. We all felt very comfortable with that because hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then we say praise the Lord. And then we say, oh, thank you, Jesus is another one. Right? And then the saving grace is always We go in tongues. Often that happens. Why? Because our vocabulary to express is based on truth. On truth. The truth of God. The truth of who Jesus is. The truth of, of relationship. If a wife were to ask the husband, I was watching this, I was watching this, some show, I don't know what it was. And so, oh, Gulliver's Travel. That's right. My kids, um, uh, Olivia was watching and then I, 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 I came in and I saw this. I was watching and I sat down and this was the part where this guy was betrothed to this uh, princess. And she asked him this question, why do you love me? And he's like wondering. And he points at her at a physical beauty. And she says, no, that's good, not good enough. Why do you love me? Because there was no real relationship. There was no truth about it. So if God would ask you now, why do you love me? Why do you say, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Why do you love me? So he asked Peter that. Feed my lamb. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Feed my lamb. So why do you love me? Why do you love me? And because this is going to be a series, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to leave you with this question. Why do you love me? Right? And I want us to consider this this week, the relationship that that we have and the passage of scripture if you could if you could uh, go with me to don't, don't don't show any more of those what's the next slide please oh no I've got it here um, yeah just go to the next slide the next two slides would be good so one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them the power and the authority to cast out all demons and to heal the diseases. When he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, take nothing for your journey. He instructed them, don't take even a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. So this is something that, 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 that the Lord is instructing these guys. Now you got to go, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you faith. 
I'm going to teach you this aspect of faith. And the only way for you to experience that is if you just get out there and trust me. Trust me. If I, if I were to stand up here right now, right? And if I fall back, I was going to ask Ian to catch me, but I just saw his hand has got this bandage. I, I don't think I will. I'll let you. So Pete and some of the other guys, come on, Jan and several others. Come on, men. Men whom I trust. Alan, come on. So I'm going to stand here, right? And uh, no, go in two rows. <laughs> One row like this. I tr that's right, like that, like that. So, you know, I'm going to fall back, right? Uh, I need to climb higher still, but I can't. Uh, so if I, so my wife is saying that's enough. <laughs> Praise God. So how, I, can, I, I can only do this if, why, why can I do this? Because I trust that they will catch me because I have a relationship with these guys, right? So if I were to, if I were to, if I were to fall back, <laughs> if, I, if I were to fall back, so as I fall back, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have this relationship. And it is because of this relationship, no, I hold. But, but, if, but most of the time we feel like this, that we're falling back and there's no one to catch us because life sucks, we feel. And so our relationship, so our relationship with Christ is this whole question. Will it? Yes, maybe. And so we go out and we live our lives trying to acquire everything else that will bring a sense of security and stability. So other things become our teacher. Other things begin to disciple us. The newspapers, the media, drugs, addiction, pornography, sex. They become our disciples because they end up discipling us. Because there is this aspect of trust that we, are, that, that we find very difficult to come to terms with. And the next slide asks this question, what is discipleship? And it is, it is, basi it is basically that. It is an entering into this relationship. So this week, I want us all to read through Luke chapter, Luke chapter 9, because the end result is this. You're going to find that there, is, there, will, there will be a trans, there, there will need to be a movement from what I call being curious to being convinced. When I'm convinced, I'm convicted. Go to the last slide. So there is a movement that needs to happen from, so discipleship is this, it's curiosity, the, the very last slide. Thank you. So if you look, you look at our logo, there are three C's there. There are three inverted C's, KC City Church. And right in the middle, you can see a man, right? Can you see that, that silhouette like? And he's got his hands over the community. So that's Jesus. So when the person designed, this friend of mine designed this logo, he designed with that in mind because of the framework that we had given to transform communities through knowing Christ and loving people. So for us as a church, there are three significant aspects that you and I need to 
take out of this today, it is that has your curiosity, as they say, curiosity kills the cat, but has your curiosity taken you further into being convinced? Being convinced then, it takes you into being committed. How many people that you know come for the ride because they are curious? And I want to leave us with this today. I want to leave you with the last slide because that's where I'm going to take you to. So next week, I'm going to complete this, this journey, what I call a journey in, in, in discipleship. And I want you to please... Read Luke chapter 9. Go back and read John chapter 6 because he throws a thought to the disciples and he says, after feeding them, after doing all of this, he says, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's when he lost many of them. That's when he began to lose those who were convinced because they couldn't move over to this next phase of being committed. Friends, today... As you leave this place, if I can invite the team to come up, please. Oh. I want us to, I want to ask this, ask this, I want you to ask you, I want you to ask your, ask yourself this question. That. Ask yourself this question. How am I curious? Am I convinced? Am I committed? Where am I in this path? You know, we may feel in all sincerity that we're extremely committed, but what does commitment mean? Read Luke chapter 9. Read John chapter uh, chapter 6. Because when you come back next week with that in mind, you will understand when I take you further and deeper into these passages of Scripture. You'll begin to understand the words of life that the Lord begins to speak to us. And you know, at the end of the day, there, there, there are aspects that I, w- I want to I share with us, things to help us assess where we are in this journey. Because... I, I really love the way uh, CJ put to us, how many of us feel like as if we're stuck? So often in our, in our walk, in our relationship, we, we get stuck somewhere. And it's largely because of the things that disciple us into that place. That becomes our teacher. And God wants to break us because he says that the truth Knowing the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen.